Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 80. We are the Clubhouse. I am your host, Tej Butler, sitting next to me, as always, Big Dill. Dill, how are you today, man? It's a good old Tuesday. Just a good old Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Yeah, doing well. It was right. beautiful weather out today. Very nice out today. Windows were open all day. Uh, felt like a little bit of spring was coming in here. Okay. So. Cincinnati for people who are new to the pod. Ohio doesn't have the best weather, so get some good weather today though. That's for sure. Yeah, it was <clears> nice. Good weather up in Cleveland, Doge, or or no? It was beautiful up here today. Got Huge. Up to sixty-one. Wow, big time. We even had some uh, some D two college baseball being played on the field today at work, so had okay. a nice little backdrop. There you so go. It starts to feel like spring. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, let's get out of winter for sure. Nope. <laughs> uh, so I held off this part till now because I wanted to build a little suspense because in our episode run, the Montreal Canadiens have been going on a rip for Pete exactly. So this episode 80 is dedicated to the Oakland Raiders. The Showtime Lakers, Magic Johnson getting his first ring there. The Philadelphia Phillies... And for the five, no, not the five, Pete, the New York Islanders now stopping the Montreal Canadiens run. So there you go. For Pete right there for the Canadiens. I don't know if we'll see another run. Yeah, I mean, that was was pretty legendary. Yeah. And the more that we talked about it through the episode numbers, the more we learned about it through the ice time with Dill. Yeah, those were some of the best seasons in NHL history. So there there you go. Yeah. But, uh... We've got one of the best episodes we've cooked up for you here today, folks. So let me just tell you a little bit about it here before we do our classic warm-up. In our fresh first quarter, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jerry Jones backing up the Brinks truck there for Dak, how much he got paid, and we'll break down that contract and our, our reactions to it. Second quarter, we're going to figure out how we can fix the dunk contest. In the third quarter, we're going to do a segment we've titled Sliding In, so stay tuned for that. And in the fourth quarter, we've got another segment we are excited to bust out called Bag 'em or Tag 'em. So we've got a lot of good segments on the show today. So before we get into that, because we don't want to get hurt while we're doing our pot here, we got to warm it up. So <clears throat> I will, uh, I'll go first here. We'll talk a little All Star moment in the NBA and cool just brother moment. So I'm not sure if ever, uh, people know I've got three younger brothers. Um, and so, cool brother moment in the All-Star game. Jalen Brown hit this crazy fadeaway three. It was actually knocked down. And as he's sliding down, a fan kind of pops out of the stands and helps him up. And you're kind of just like, oh, dang, like, what the heck's going on? And then another player comes and helps him up. And as Jalen Brown, like, is getting picked up, he's like, his face is also the same way. Like, who the heck is this? And then he realizes mid, like, lift that, oh, my gosh, it's like my brother. And so he gets super excited Daps him up and does like a little handshake, which is really cool. And like, as like an older brother for myself, that would be such a cool moment to have, like with any of your brothers. Like they're in the All Star game, and like, not typically are you gonna be able to get to be courtside or be able to get that close. And so for him to be able to do that is super super cool, and just an awesome moment in the All Star game. So kind of something that probably got overlooked a little bit, um, but is a really cool moment for Jalen and his first All Star game too. So a really cool moment. I know he said. His grandpa, who just beat uh, COVID and cancer, was at the game. So that was really cool because he's from Atlanta, which I mentioned. No all-star MVP, so my prediction was wrong. So I apologize if you bet on that. But 
It was still a good, still a good game. There's no doubt. So for sure, Doge, I will. Uh, I'll swing it to you, man. What do you got here for your warm up? So we were in town watching the uh, watching the All Star. Well, not the All Star game. We were in town in Indy watching the UFC fights, and then after we got back home from our trip to Indy, got to watch the NBA All Star game. And mm-hmm. Giannis Antetokounmpo wound up bagging that that MVP title. And uh, he did it in pretty incredible fashion, uh, going 16 for 16 from the field. And you would think, okay, he put 16 dunks in there, whatever, it's Giannis. He actually had a few three-pointers in there, too. Perfect from three, perfect from inside the arc. Pretty damn impressive. So, uh, really fun to watch. I love the new format of the All-Star game that they've done the last two years, where it's just reach a score to win, because you got to see you know, some pretty... Cool shots at the end there as Team LeBron tried to tried to hit that 170 right on the dot. So, yep, uh, really entertaining, fun All Star game and shouts out to Giannis for going perfect from the field. Yeah, good for Giannis winning the Kobe Bryant MVP All Star MVP award there. That was that was nice. I know he was um, real tight and focused on Kobe's. That's a cool little award for him. And yeah, I mean anytime you go 100 percent, like that's pretty awesome. Um, Steph and Dame had a good case as well. Those guys both had some crazy shots. Um, just real quick before we get off the All-Star game, just something I want to talk about. The alley-oops to Steph Curry and Chris Paul were so cool. Like, I love that. It was right after they did <clears throat> yeah. one to Dame, Yeah, too. right. So it was back-to-back-to-back just, to back of the short guards getting up for them. Just everybody going yeah. up to get them is just, that was really cool. So, um, I really enjoyed that. I didn't, I did not think Chris Paul was going to be able to get up and get that. So it was nice to see it. He it still got that finish. in him. Yeah, I was like, oh man, Chris, like. It almost Dang. rattled out. I would have been heartbroken. Me yeah. too. Me too. <laughs> it didn't <go> <laughs> Yeah, the way that it successfully happened in concession, like it, it just was perfect. <clears throat> but uh, my favorite part, Doge, as far as uh, Giannis's performance was, <laughs> his banked threes, and then the uh, post game <laughs> interview when they were asking him about it, and he goes, "Yeah, like I guess the bank had some extended hours." You know what I mean? Just the the way that <laughs> that's funny. The way that his accent is and. Just the way that he phrased it, like he's uh I'm not a huge Giannis fan, but that was a good moment for him. And did you see the I mean, video it, of him uh like talk like looking at the lineup when someone told him who the lineup was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, so funny. "It's over." It was so. It's funny. over. Like Steph, LeBron, it's over. Right. Which was so just like mid eating dinner too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like hey, like you've been announced for the uh, um all star like the starters all star game, and LeBron picked you first. He's like, "Oh, I'm first pick. Let's go." He goes like, "Oh, okay, cool." <clears throat> and then they. They're like, yeah. Do you know the the starting roster? And he goes, no, no. And they read it to him. He's like, okay, it's over. <laughs> this it's game's like... done. Which I mean, yeah, I, it wasn't really that close, but no, it was not close. <clears throat> well, it, the loss of Devin Booker and Joel Embiid yeah. to the game to to Team Durant was pretty tough. Yeah, I just don't think that was going to make that much of a difference. Joel Embiid was like not the favorite but second favorite to be the MVP of the All-Star game. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty tough. <clears throat> That's fair, but cuz if he goes 10 When you've got guys like Giannis does then and he but, might have stopped Giannis on a couple of those. But and, when you've got I mean it's All-Star game and not really playing defense. Yeah, but still like there it could have been a totally different narrative with those two guys in there. Like <clears throat> that's that's certainly fair. I'm just saying when everybody's pulling up from half court like it, like it doesn't really matter. It's not going to make that much of a difference. Yeah. Like they don't. They're not even. They don't even try. Dame and Steph are on the same team. Right. Yeah. 
LeBron James played, I think, like 14 minutes. Like, he didn't even play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if he played that much. Yeah, he might not have. I, I, I might have been rounding up there a little bit, but... He, he played at least 14, because he played for, like, the first seven or eight, and then they had him in in the second quarter, and he played some second-half stuff, too. Either way, I mean... <clears throat> I'm just saying, if it was going to be a full knockdown drag out, it would have still been the same kind of thing, even if Embiid and Booker were there. I'm being devil's advocate, dude. I definitely picked LeBron's team to win. Because Benny Simmons, too, would have been there, too. Yeah, and right. He would have made a difference as well. Yep. With all of his yams. Um, <clears throat> also, hilarious um, hand up for all of us. There's Vucevic and Sabonis uh, in the skills challenge. Just hilarious, like not the people we thought at all. Like the guys we were like said, like absolute last. So that's really funny. Well, what are you gonna do? And Doncic doesn't even try. And I don't know. Chris Paul slit or misses a layup. Like what? Do you, come on. So LeBron uh, had 13 minutes. Giannis only played 19. So that's pretty impressive. LeBron had 13. 13 minutes. So many of Giannis's points were right at the beginning, dude. Yeah. When nobody was awake. Yeah. Yep. I mean, ah. No. <clears throat> well, I'll go with my warm-up real sure. quick. Get her going, Del. Um, So, as Doge mentioned, we had a, uh, a good boys weekend at any... Any? 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 In Indy? Uh, we can cut that, right? <clears throat> So I can't. No, no, I don't care. Um, in and Indianapolis next weekend, next weekend, we're going to Audi. It's gonna be tight. <laughs> and uh, you know, just shouts out to Edman. Um, yeah, big friend time. of the show. It was a, it was a great. Uh, I can't even talk right now. It was a great weekend uh, to go in, and it ended up being a great night as far as just watching a lot of UFC fight of night two fifty nine. Uh, the prelims are actually really good. What a car. Um, oh, my gosh. Unreal beginning to the night. And then the cool thing for me is, as somebody who's still new to, uh, relatively new to watching the sport, um, just to see the, the progression of how the fights are handled from, like, the fighter standpoint. Right. They just got more conservative along the night throughout because everything at the end had more at stake <clears throat> to lose. So they weren't going for those big throws that – Maybe they would get knocked out, you know what I mean? And it was a real chess match with the other opponent. Um, so it was yeah. interesting to watch that, you know, because some of the bigger fights on the main card were not as good of fights as the ones in the beginning, I thought. But that was just because the stakes were so much higher. Right. Um, there's a reason why it's the main card event. But shout out also to uh, Amanda Nunez, who she's a freaking animal, dude. And she's Monster. A, she's a blast to watch. Like, I'm not a huge fan of watching this. Like, I'm not the person. Like, I would much rather watch NBA. Oh, yeah. You know, NHL. Like, those main sports. But the UFC has done a really good job leveraging their way, especially with how COVID happened last year. I was going to say, mad props to Dana. Like, I really enjoy watching the UFC. I'm not going to go watch every fight night or everything, but, like, there's a real good card, or there's some guys that I enjoy watching. Like typically, I'm like I love watching the heavyweights when people just get like just they're just swinging socks. at each other. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, and yeah, definitely big time shouts out to Ed. And what a card! Three title fights, disqualification, which I have never seen before, which was absolutely yeah. bonkers with Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling for a title fight, let alone so like yeah. not just any fight. 
bunch of other great ones. I mean, yeah, Amanda Nunes, like you said, dude. She'll just, I mean, I don't know. Like John Bones Jones put it best when someone said, you should fight Amanda Nunez, and he said, no, nah, I'll pass, man. I'm not going to take that smoke. Like, he doesn't even want to fight her. He knows that she he would, like, she's just a beast, man. It's crazy. I loved how going into it, um, her opponent, Megan, I cannot remember her last name. But Anderson, I believe. Megan Anderson, potentially. Uh, not Megan, but Megan. Um, people were hyping up as far as, like, oh, she's a much bigger fighter and I kind of bought into it, like, oh, she can go a couple rounds. I think she went less than a couple minutes with her. Um, so either way, I'll wrap it up. But she was fun to watch. She always has been. And she's definitely somebody who, if she's on the card, I want to tune in. Yeah. No doubt, dude. She's an all-time entertainer. Yeah. And I'm, I'm <clears throat> starting to build a profile of, like, understanding the sport more, understanding the fighters' names, getting more familiar like Song Yudong, let me down again, dude. Song Yudong, really, really let me down. So, I'll tell you what—that's the last time I'm betting on Song Yudong. I did not want to Saturday, but then everything was like, "Oh, you have to." I was like, "All right, well, you need, I'm not doing it." You better vocalize that much louder next time, because I was like, "Song Yudong is our guy." But I, ah, I've I've been Yudonged. We've, we got, we all got you, dog, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm warmed up. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we all are after that. My uh, goodness. Great weekend for Med, though. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Moving on to the first quarter, our fresh first here. Um, I will say when we watched Dak Prescott have that injury last year, right at that moment, if you would have been like, Nah, don't worry. He's going to get four years, 160 mil, 126 million guaranteed. I would have been like, no way. But here we are today. Jerry Jones showing you why he's Jerry Jones. Opening that pocketbook, baby. And giving Dak a great contract. Big, long contract. Like I said, four years, 160 million, 126 million guaranteed. Uh, Tony Romo. Has only made 125 million guaranteed with the Cowboys. So just to give you a little reference of how much the NFL's grown and how much quarterbacks are getting paid, so that was his career earnings with the Cowboys, and he was a, a top tier quarterback for them. Just give me your reaction to the Dak contract, and uh, what do you think this means for the Cowboys? And you know, do you think this contract is going to be worth it here in the end? So, Dill, I'll go with you first. I think it's important to <clears throat> lock up. Your franchise guys, um, some of the moves that they've made since their 13-3 and three year, uh, I believe that was Dak's first year, right? I think so, yeah. When uh, Zeke went off for like almost 2,000 Maybe or second over, year, but yeah. Or over 2,000 yards. First playing year. Um, that 13-3 and three year with the best offensive line, I mean, there were, when you start looking at it, there were reasons why they were so good, and it wasn't just... Those two guys. Yeah. Um, they actually had a defense, which I think started to turn around a little bit at the end of this year, um, this past season. But I, I think it's important to lock those guys up. I just don't think that you can do it without having any other pieces. Mm-hmm. We have seen how depth for teams leads to success. Like... Um, the Buccaneers this year, for instance, like they were just a deep team in pretty much every position. Like they had offensive line problems the entire year with keeping guys healthy, and they still were able to do a better job than 
the Chiefs were, and that was a huge part. Like, if the quarterback doesn't have time, the other parts, does like, they don't matter. Right. Um, if, you, if you have the athleticism of Lamar Jackson, it doesn't matter. It might, that might not matter, because, I mean, if you can run around like that. Like but then people are just going to make sure that they have people on him. You know right. what I mean? Like, the, the schemes change. I was going to say, but then you'll end up being Russell Wilson demanding to be traded, potentially. But, like, not demanding to be traded. But yeah. Like, but, like, demanding to be traded. Right. Because so, you need some offensive line help. So It's interesting, uh, especially after the gruesome injury, being that he didn't have any tendon issues, right? Tendon or ligament issues? I don't know, like, officially. Okay. I, I think it was just bone structure. Like, you know, I think that that definitely helps his case, but it's tough to justify the payment, in my opinion. It's a large, large sum of cash there, man. And you're going to be sitting on it in case anything else happens in the next few years. So you can't do anything with it. I think he makes, like, $75 million, like, this year with the bonus... And then also the contract, and I think I read somewhere, might have heard it from Asillo, so potentially shouts out to him, that in the past 16 months he's made $115 million from the Cowboys based on the franchise tag as well, or his contract before. So he's getting some stacks right now, so good for him, and hopefully he heals well. But that is Talk a risky contract, man. What if he's not healthy? Right. Talk about and generational wealth. And that's guaranteed money? <laughs> Jeez. Are they just going to... I guess Jerry can take that that hit, but you're not gonna just gonna cut him. So I mean, I think that they know something that we don't know, probably about his health, um, which I'm sure that they they should, obviously, um, you know. But I'm shocked. I know when I heard the contract that, you know, he was like kind of offered before. I was like, dang, that's a lot of money. I don't know if Dak's worth that. But he's definitely a great <clears throat> quarterback. And obviously, every time you reset the market, you know, it's just like whoever gets the next contract gets the biggest one kind of deal. I just think that's top 10 money, and I don't know if he's top 10 in the league. I that's. I know you want to, like you're saying, you want to protect your guy, like or like keep your guys and show like, hey, we're going to, this is Dak is our guy, and he's yeah. the face of the Cowboys, and we're trying to, you know, flex for our fans and show everything, and, you know, he's fine, we're fine, let's do it. But... I would have franchise tagged him and waited to see yep. if he was fine. At least like been like, "Hey, Dak, here's a deal. I'm gonna franchise tag you. We're gonna pay, we're gonna wait two, three games. Just see what you look like. All right. And then this contract that I was gonna offer you when you're healthy is still right here, and it's this contract right now. But if you're not as good, here's the other contract. And you just lay it out for him right away, which obviously they're not gonna do. But like that's how I would have done it, and been like, Dak, here's the deal, because. I just need to see a play one game at least. Because yeah. his ability to move in the pocket and the ability to like break away and like do those scramble plays is what makes him so good. And if he doesn't have that because his ankle or his leg is not as strong or as compromised, I don't. it's going to be tough to justify 126 guaranteed, man. Yikes. Before I go into my next kind of topic here, Doge, I know you haven't really talked at all about this yet. Yeah, I was letting you guys go. Uh, you guys seem to be kind of going back and forth a little bit, but I agree. It's just so much money. It's it's an unbelievable amount of money guaranteed. And I'm just reiterating what you guys have already brought up: guaranteed to a guy coming off a gruesome leg injury. Um, and that's that's something that's tough to come back from. Obviously, we've seen now a player come back from a pretty gruesome leg injury just recently with Alex Smith. 
obviously not playing at the level that the deck needs to play at right. to, uh, to quantify the money that he just received. Um, but it is doable with modern treatments, modern medicine, maybe a little bit more than it was for Theismann when he had his uh, bad injury back in the day. No doubt. But I agree to how can you commit $126 million guaranteed dollars over the next four years to a guy that you haven't even seen take a snap since this injury? And maybe they're just paying it forward. Maybe right. it's because he went 13-3 and three when he was on his rookie contract making only six hundred k in a year. Right. Maybe it's maybe it's kind of just wrapping around to that point, but um, it's a lot of money, and I think it's too much money, um, unless they just know something that we don't. Unless Dak is somehow <laughs> magically in the in the tank just throwing bombs and not showing anybody else uh, that he's already healthy and improved. But there's no way. I mean, I just I would not have offered this contract to an injured player like this. I think it's just absolutely way too much money and way too much guaranteed money. Yep. So that's that's what my topic was going to be. Do you think that the return of Alex Smith playing at a level that was competent, taking a team to the playoffs of a team that's not really that great around him, um, do you think any of that had to kind of do with with why Dak got offered this contract? Yeah, like why do you think it kind of went like, well? I think that they called up Seattle and were like, what's up, guys? What's up with Russ? And they're like, here's what's up with Russ. And Jerry's like, screw you guys. I'll just sign right. Dak. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how it went, I think. Yeah. It takes one phone call to Seattle to say... Oh, you want three firsts and an offensive lineman and <laughs> right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay, never mind. I'm going to hang up the phone and just pay him. I know um, on, you know, Jerry does his classic weekly radio bit. He might even do it daily if I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I don't follow the Cowboys like that. But he's on the radio all the time. He's one of the most, you know, accessible owners in all of sports, let alone, you know, definitely football. And he said the other week – that Dak, le- Dak has all the leverage, which clearly he did, <laughs> um, and he used it all. So good for Dak, good for him for waiting and turning down all this stuff. Um, you know, I didn't think it was going to go like this. I figured it would be like Kirk Cousins where they'd franchise him one more and then maybe they'd get a deal like I said before. But good for good for Dak, man. That's, that's wild. I don't know if the Alex Smith uh, how much has too much to do with it, I guess, but... It certainly didn't hurt the situation. I think it definitely played a factor into it, especially being a divisional opponent and being like, well, <clears throat> I'm the Cowboys guy. You know, we can we can do it better than them. You know what I mean? I think that was also the mindset. And Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, in his time of being healthy, while although recently before then wasn't incredibly protected, was able to produce and yeah. you know you've you've seen them pay these guys you know Amari Cooper and Zeke and these guys come out and, and don't produce as as much as they had in the past so you know they've seen Dak come out and, and bring them success and they I get mean, compared to the quarterback market right now of how much you would have to give up to get another star talent you know uh 
bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Right. You know, you already have him on the team paying money now instead of having to give up your entire roster to try to land somebody else. Plus, plus like, even, like, right now, 60% of Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in that division. Yeah. So, like, they're going to, like, if he's not 100%, they're still going to win the division, I would think, because he is really good. And unless Daniel Jones gets, like, significantly better, Saquon comes back real healthy, I don't see Jalen Hurts making that move with the new quarterback or maybe whoever they draft. And I certainly don't see Washington doing that either with whoever they're going to go with. So, you know, maybe I'll be, my mind will be changed, you know, after free agency. Um, but right now he's easily, like, they they have a path to the playoffs right now and potentially to the Super Bowl, I guess, if, if they're really good. So, um, they were still in the picture with Andy Dalton last year. Right, that's what I'm saying, exactly. And if he's better than Andy <laughs> Dalton, which you got to imagine even if he's immobile, he'll be better than Andy Dalton. Um, you know, no shot, no shots against Andy there. Just Dak's real good. So that's I think that's another reason why they, they did it too. Like, let's just lock our guy up. Yep. We're, we, have a, we have the time to take advantage of this division, and for the next four years he's going to be the best quarterback in this division. More yeah, than, exactly. more than more I than mean, likely. It, it could be that they think that he's going to be better than anybody else in the league, and they're like, "Hey, we can get him for a steal." Right now, right. That could be their mindset. Um, yeah, and it could just be smart on their behalf, uh, being the Cowboys. But I was trying to find the the uh, graphic, but I think it was uh, Dak, Zeke, and Amari are all like highest paid or in that tier. Was that with you guys? I couldn't find it anywhere on my phone, but it was like I don't know. Amari is like that, one of the highest paid wide receivers. Zeke's like one of the highest paid running backs. Dak's one of the highest paid quarterbacks. That's how Jerry does it, man. He likes his playmakers, baby. Come on. To my point earlier, like you got to have other players. So we'll see how they it like pans the out. Stars, man. They had some injured yeah, offensive. They had some injured offensive line last year too. So if those guys come back, like that's something. Like we're sitting here talking about everything mm-hmm. else, and just like we talked about at the beginning. It's all about the offensive line. So if that's, those guys come back healthy, I know Zach Martin went down. Like he's probably going to be a bona fide Hall of Famer. So like, yeah. if he comes back healthy and the rest of that line gets good, or you know they're playing well, I'm sure Dak is going to be quality for the Cowboys. So. They just have the Sean Lee effect. Like, they just get hurt. Yeah, you're right. The Cowboys yeah, like do. Rush. Dude, but is it is that the case or is it just because like man we're really tangent on the Cowboys here? But is that just because like the Cowboys are always in the news? And, you know, they're always in prime time, so you always just notice it, like, because like there's players on all every all of our teams that get injured like pretty consistently, and there's like, I feel like the Cowboys are the same amount. It's just like, we just see it all the time, and especially Sean Lee is such a great example because like, every year he's the Cowboys, heart of the Cowboys, linebacker every oh, year. Three games in, Sean Lee shoulder, he's out for the rest of the season. You're like, God dang. Yeah, that dude can't couldn't catch a break. And he's always that guy, that, like, man, when Sean Lee's on the field, he changes their defense, <laughs> but like he's not on the field. Unfortunately, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't have enough tape to study what it's like when he is on the field. Yeah, that's yeah. why they're so much better. <laughs> that's uh, right. pretty true there, Doug. <laughs> uh, pouring out for Russell Wilson, wanting to go to the Cowboys. I know we kind of mentioned that, but pour that pouring out for old Russ there. It's not happening. He won't be America's quarterback. Sorry, Russ. Tough. Moving on, second quarter. Um. Just a quick question, and I, there's not really an answer to it rhetorical, like, but when did shooting become cooler than dunking? 
Like, what is going on? Easily, the three-point contest was much more entertaining than the dunk contest this weekend. There's no, we don't need to debate that. It's not a question. That's not a topic. Just but a my fact. topic, it's just a clear fact. I mean, it was yeah. wild. <clears throat> it was much more entertaining. It the dunk contest right now is the only thing about All Star Weekend that is not All Star. There's no All Stars involved in it. One of the guys who I thought was going to maybe win, Cassius Stanley, I found out during the thing had never dunked in the NBA. How crazy is that? How are yeah, you in the dunk contest and you've never dunked in the NBA? He's dunked because he's been in the G League and he's been he's yeah. like got some sweet dunks, but never in the NBA. You're in the dunk contest and you're trying to tell yeah. me you're an All Star. It's All Star Weekend. And they just kind of shoved it in halftime, like, oh, here it is. Just we'll do it real quick. It's only three guys, whatever. Like, it was such a bummer. So here we are, boys. We're here to fix the dunk contest. Yeah. I've got five options for you here, and then I don't know if you guys have maybe, maybe you'll you know bounce off some ideas after what I've got. So we'll we'll talk about a couple of these. We'll see what we think. First one's first, and I th- I think this one could be my favorite. Either like some NBA street ballers, like let's bring back the N one mixtape. First of all, it's just a whole aside. We got to bring that back. Um, and then like or like TikTokers or like find some fans who like used to play that like talk a bunch of smack who can dunk. Like let's put them in a dunk contest versus some NBA players. Do it in like a horse style. So the most entertaining version of this is obviously the street ballers, where these guys are making really crazy wild dunks, and then you're like, all right, well who can match that? And you're like, well why don't we see if Zion can do this? Or why don't we see if, uh, you know, LeBron James has got one of these monster windmills between the legs or something like that. Um, so I think that would be a cool way to get the street baller guys some recognition on the NBA game and then some NBA guys to prove, hey, because like, I, I feel like it would be kind of be like a, hey, like these guys don't play in the NBA. Like, don't let them show you up. So it's like, LeBron. I feel like some of the stars would be like, I'm not about to let these guys who don't do anything and they go, like, not don't do anything, but... I pro- I'm a professional in this craft. This guy is not a professional yeah. in his craft. He might be a professional dunker. So I think that might draw some competition out of the guys. Maybe it makes one of the bigger names come out. Or at least maybe some of the younger guys, hopefully. The second one that I have here, which I think will definitely bring out some of the younger guys, which Magic Johnson has suggested in the past, but I think we should up the number he said, is let's put a ridiculous cash prize on it. Like, obviously... These guys don't need the money, but if you put five or ten million dollars on it, who isn't going to want to go just do four or five dunks and win the dunk contest? Especially, you know, you do it in your hometown crowd, and like, you're like, oh, John Collins is in the dunk contest now because he's in Atlanta and he can jump, you know, real high and he's just a, a beast. Like, he would be much more entertaining than the guys that we had. I know that they had some decent dunks, but it's all about the names, more or less. Like, we all know the kind of dunks that we're going to do for the most part. There's going to be some crazy creative ones. Like Aaron Gordon was sweet, but we need some names. So let's, I think this will be a great one to bring out some names. Fix number three, I heard from Big Cat. So got to shout him out there for this one, but I just really liked it. I'm not sure if it'll bring out the big names, but I think it'll just make it interesting. Is like, why not do like themed contests or themed years? Like a couple of his ideas were like, who can dunk on the highest hoop or who can dunk the heaviest ball who can dunk with a suit on. Like, maybe you do a theme based on the city and you have to, like, do props and stuff based on that. Like, you do, like, an under-the-sea theme or something for one or you do, like, a Mardi Gras theme for... They do it in New Orleans or they were supposed to have this one in Indiana so they could do, like, a racing theme or the history of basketball theme. Like, like Because then it makes it, like, more of, like, a creative presentation. you got to put some more thought into it. And then that way, like, 
if that you miss your dunk, which seems to happen a lot now, where they don't just go up and just rip it right away, you've got at least a little bit of background and stuff there to go, oh, well, that was nice. I see what he's trying to do there. Honor this guy. Because it seems like if you put a jersey on and you do any kind of dunk and they go, oh, my God, I, he's shouting out this guy from the past, it's an automatic 10. So why don't we get rid of that and do the themes? So where you have to actually make a dunk based on something. or You know, and it, that's you put some more thought into it. Fix number four here, um, maybe kind of like a little American Idol style, like when the later rounds where they pair up with a judge or a famous person. Um, so let's pair them up with a judge or an older dunker and maybe have them try to recreate one of the dunks that they did and have that judge dug, you know, or that judge judge them on that. So they got like a Dominique's iconic, you know, windmills or Michael Jordan's Rock the Baby. Like, let's have somebody do that, like Zach Levine on the Bulls, rock the Michael Jordan jersey, do the same thing, and Michael go, wow, like, that was pretty close. Like, I'll give that a 10. Or, you know, ah, man, you really didn't rock that enough. I'm going to give that an 8. And everybody else votes too, but, you know, it's all about, like, maybe what Michael thinks or whoever that person is. Like, LeBron does one of his monster cockback jams and someone and Zion has to recreate that. And you could do some in-game dunks, you know, kind of as well. So I think that would be a cool way to get it back and really honor some of the legends. And I think that's one of the ways that they, that people not, I'm not going to say cheaply get points because I'm not going to say it's cheap because some of those dunks they do are great where they honor the greats. But every time somebody does that, it's like almost like disrespectful if they don't get a 10 for it because you want to honor the great. So that's another one where we should just kind of get rid of that, you know, stigma or whatever because... That makes the contest boring. You know it's going to be a 10. He put on an, an, a classic jersey. And uh, the last one here I have for you, uh, which I've kind of just mentioned, but it would be an easy fix. Like, Let's make it an all-star only event. You have to be in the Rising Stars Challenge. You have to be, I guess, hypothetically in the three-point contest. You have to be in the all-star game to go to this event. Um, I don't want it to be during halftime. I don't think that worked. I mean, it was nice to have a break in between. But if you want to have the biggest names, you can't have them be doing a game, then a dunk contest, then a game. No one's going to sign up for that. Specifically, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did not sign up for that. And Ben Simmons, I think, and uh, there's somebody else too. But, yeah, I mean, we gotta have we got to be better than that. That's not going to be bring out the, the big names. And I know they want to maybe promote some younger stars. So maybe that's what I'm saying, do the Rising Stars Challenge, guys. But it's always fun when you see like some of the bigger weird guys in there too, or like some of the names are like, oh that's cool, like Paul George on the Pacers, like he did it, and like now he's a huge like Paul George is one of the best players in the league, but he wasn't necessarily when he did it on the Pacers, so I don't know. I think it's just got to be something like that. So which one of these do you guys uh, think is going to be the best here, Dill, or do you have a, a better idea to counter out of my five? Uh, hearing hearing you go through those, something that I was kind of like brewing in my head first of all percolating up there yeah let's let's get these out of here so having three contestants stupid makes it seem like it's not even worth watching exactly like we need to have a second round there needs to be elimination like that's part of the greatness to like any of these like any challenge you do it's like okay you just have to be good enough to move on and then eventually the people who move on every single time meet for the finals the championship so, back in the day, it used to be, like, eight players, and yeah, then you was... had two sides of four, or however you want to, you know, mark it, and, yeah, it took a little bit longer, but there were more dunks. I mean, you can win a dunk contest with three dunks now. You if they I mean? did like, it... it really wasn't anything... If they did the event, like, 
like they normally would have done this weekend, the three-point contest should have ended Saturday night. And, like, because it's it's been more entertaining. But before, like you're saying, when they had eight people and there's elimination, there's, like, all this theme and guys are dunking over cars and Kenny the Jets coming out on the mic and hyping everybody up. Like, like the dunk contest used to close out the night. Primetime event. Yeah. Because, like... We had all these famous people, and they had the elimination, and it was made it an event. Like you're saying, Dylan, it's three people. It's not. It's not an event. I mean, it's literally just people going out there and dunking, and like. And those guys didn't don't, don't even really play either. Like I'm yeah. saying too. Like. So I, I think that there are multiple pieces to why it's not as popular as it used to be. Absolutely. <clears throat> In addition to. It's starting with Ray Allen being able to shoot lights out, and then it moved on to Steph Curry, and then there probably was somebody in, in between there that's just like, okay. And, like, when you have players that are just absolutely lethal from three, not everyone can go dunk. Right. Everyone can go shoot a basketball and try to make a three. Yep. Okay, when you warm up, how often do people warm up and pick up games shooting layups and mid-range two-point jumpers? People just don't anymore. You man. don't. You see people just jacking up threes, and you're yep. like, I'm, you know, because I like warming up. I'll start getting the ball, you know, the release out of my hand, starting with layups, and then I move further away, further away. But, like, for the majority, like, once I'm, like, comfortable with my shot, like, I'm shooting threes because it's easier to go in than it is to go out. Right. So I think that's the reason why the three point contest is like, oh, like, it's a little bit more relatable. But that's why the dunk contest could be so exciting. Because this is stuff that these are top tier athletes of the world making freaking 45 inch verticals and jumping out of the gym. And the creativity has, I mean, it's something that people have to work on more. 100%. You know, because there have been so many dunks that have already happened. So I'm getting off track here. But, but think too, but think about if the three point contest was like. Because even like guys like Duncan Robinson, like he's a bigger name, but if this guy's like even lower names than that. Or it's like guys like Peyton Pritchard and and Tyrese Maxey and and like all these guys who, yeah, they're on some big names, but they don't like who the heck are those guys? Like some people have never heard of those guys. Like yeah, before, like Cassius Stanley. I know a lot of people have not heard of him. Yeah, um, they, that's like the bigger thing too. Like even if people want to shoot and everyone like we're on, on a shooting more more shooting game, the stars are what made that fun is because Mike Conley, who's first All Star game, and he's all giddy to be there. And he puts on a hell of a show. And yeah. the best shooter of all time, like we said on the pod, went out and proved it again. That why he's the best shooter of all time. Like, that's what made that yeah. fun. We don't have the best dunker of all time dunking right, right now. Zion is <clears throat> sitting on the sideline. Right. LeBron James is sitting on the sideline. Zach Levine's sitting on the sideline. Like, there's all these guys who just yam it. Jalen Brown yeah. should be in a dunk contest. He dunks hard. Like, yeah. I'd like to see... I don't think Joel Embiid would be that nice, but Ben Simmons, you know, like so. I think that's a big, huge, huge factor. I know. So getting back to your fixes, yes, in solutions, I think that your first solution, which was the street ballers, internet dunkers versus the NBA, that would be a freaking riot. Now, yes, and they need somebody on like the hype mic, like you were saying, like just hyping things up. Yes, narrating it, taking us into the. Um, the basketball park that people are meeting up and just yamming on. You know, take us into an environment that is, like, just raw. 
You know what I mean? Like there, it's like oh, sh- like people are are trash talking. You know what I mean? It's not all lovey lovey, which is great. You could make that whole other street baller part its own show and competition, where you have to earn the right to be the guys that go right play in the All Star or dunk in the All Star sure. game against these guys too. Like where it could be a whole phenomenon. Which as well. is where I'm going with it. So you know how they do like the, uh, is it the pro ams for golf? Yeah. Where they match up like. So, like, they have, like, teamed dunk contests. So you get, like, a guy from wherever hold on, that's a big hold on, dunker. Hold on. Let, me, let me just add one twist to this. You, whoever you're in, whoever's in the dunk contest, so let's say I'm going to go classic Celtic here. Let's go Jalen Brown is in the dunk contest. He's got to go get somebody from his hometown in Atlanta that's a street baller. and bring. So it's like a city thing. The So if they could somehow implement that to get – satisfactory dunkers. I just don't know if they're all Yeah, that's true. That's true. That would be a great element to have, or, like, maybe just have it from the city that the All-Star Game's being in. Right. But if they were able to somehow pair up pro versus amateur... That would be cool. And then have a team dunk contest where it's, like, it's it's good for the NBA. They're getting great dunks out there. They're showing that... Because they're all about the fans and the players. Um... Getting those people involved, I think it would be really cool, and it'd also be a lot of fun to watch because you're like, dude, like this amateur dunker has to hit a 48 to right. beat the pro and amateur guy that have already went in. Like, I don't know. I think that just the the hype around it would be sweet, but For sure. again, uh, Doge, TJ and I have been hogging the mic here. I was gonna say, Doge, what do you <laughs> think the NBA needs to fix itself, and then give me your best idea or thought, the idea that you think. I was waiting for forever to bring up the teamed idea, and then Dill at the last second pulls it out of his out of his butt. So that was tough. No, I, 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 I mean my hey, clearly my just the best idea is to, you know? is to have teams where it's rising stars versus vets. Oh, have some young dunkers out there because there's always been good young dunkers. When Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon went out there, they were young. When Vince Carter went out in 2000, he was young. Yes. at the time. There's always been really talented young dunkers. Michael Jordan was dunking in the 80s in his slam dunk contest. So it wasn't when he was six-peating. Right. Um, so I, I don't necessarily feel like we need to take the young dunkers out. But like you said, T, to touch on it, they're not the best dunkers in the game. And they're not the best dunkers to ever do it. And those guys are sitting on the sidelines. So having a teamed contest where it's vets versus stars, rising stars, I should say. That would be cool. <clears throat> then you can have some of the vets show up and show out. Um, I think the way that you do that is a bigger payout. Maybe it's four dunkers on a team, three dunkers on a team, and it is $10 million split between the team. You know, that's a pretty big bonus for catching a W. But I feel like that brings out a lot more creativity. The teams can kind of work together, bringing the guys out and doing different dunks, wild assists leading up to the dunk, which is kind of cool. And then maybe... You know, both teams are given one theme, almost tying all these together, team. Where it's like, you <laughs> I was just saying, we, we could put all this together and it would be a great, great dunk contest. Like, exactly. We should if just run our own on like an eight foot hoop. And each round had a theme, and you just had to make a dunk on that theme. Oh, then, yes. Then the judges not only give you points on how good the dunk was, but how good you Hold were on. Able, or how well you were able to tie in the Hold theme. on, guys. What? The uh, NBA is calling right now. We need to oh. pick up the phone. Adam, hello? No, yep, we did solve the dunk contest. You want it in writing? 
We'll send it over. That sounds good, buddy. <clears throat> Thanks. All right, so we just got an official approval Huge. from Adam Silver Huge. in the NBA <laughs> that uh, with Doge's conclusion of oh, facts. Man. That's so funny. Also, one thing you could do is you could do, because it sells every freaking time, Chuck versus Shaq dunk contest teams where they have to draft the people out of the pool, and it's like total points, and it's Team Chuck versus Team Shaq, and you do it a little bit up like that, where like there's a little bit of competition, a little bit of pride about being on a team, so it's not just a solo event anymore. Or maybe they like do an elimination kind of thing where... Uh, you know, they work it down, like, oh, the last three dunkers, like, Shaq's got two, and Chuck's got one, but Chuck wins because his guy's the best or something. Like, that would make it entertaining a little bit, too, and they could do a little more play with that. So, I mean, we've, like I said, we just called Adam, and it's solved, so, but. Does you had something else here, Barry, to say, though? I, I lost it. <clears throat> Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> it, it was relevant to whatever we were talking about right before, but I with lost the, it. The four, the four themes? In the uh, okay, sure. Well, Either way, if you if you have your uh, idea, phone back in. Just uh, give me the hold up, hold up, hold up. We have a phone call. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Hold up, hold Sorry, up. Sorry, didn't mean to throw you off there. No worries, no worries. <laughs> All right, boys. It's tough being the remote guy, man. There's no doubt. <laughs> You gotta there, give you a buzzer or something. There are some times that I feel like when you guys are going in, or like whenever there's like two people just going back and forth, uh, it can be difficult. So for listeners of the pot, I mean, I the production of this show can sometimes uh, be difficult, but we do it for you guys. <laughs> hey, we definitely, uh, we definitely do it for the fans. Who else would we do it for? You know, we're not doing it for ourselves. Stats team. Well, obviously we're doing it for the stats team, but they get enough shout-outs as it is. Um, so, yeah, like I said, fix the dunk contest. Good work, guys. Good on us. After we fix the, fix the dunk contest, we're going to need to take a break here, boys. Let's take a little halftime. We're parched after that. we got to reevaluate. we got to get Doge some more mic time here. So let's get him the mic right now. Doge, can you tell us where to find the Clubhouse podcast specifically, <clears throat> my good friend? Yes, you can find us on Facebook. It is the Clubhouse. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's Clubhouse underscore TCSN. Mm-hmm. TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. And uh, you'll see that we, we kind of have a new look to some of our posts. Uh, thank you very much to Platinum Digital Solutions uh, for, for giving us a glow up last week. So yes. go, and, go and check out some of those posts and uh, be on the lookout for them coming in the future. Yes, absolutely. Shouts out to Platinum Digital Solutions, the boys at PDS, hooking us up, like you said, doing some more social stuff for us. So, really exciting stuff, and we're really really excited to be working with them and moving forward. So, uh, Dill, it's your time to shine now here. Can you tell us where to find the Cheap Seats Network? I'm looking forward to this one here. <laughs> so, on the, uh, the blue background, the white lettering... Uh, Facebook. Oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> the Cheap Seats Network. Yep. Pretty simple, once again. The Cheap Seats Network. And on Twitter, if you haven't been listening to the last few pods, it is a little bit different, Ooh. but it hasn't changed since we changed it. So okay. let's just get that straight. Okay. <laughs> At the underscore cheap underscore seats. 
Okay. And for longtime listeners of the pod who skip straight to the halftime show, <laughs> what re- does the SN stand for? Of which we don't know. I wanted to say like Stax <clears throat> Prescott, but that's not an N, so. Um, give me, you gotta go first, Doge. I gotta, <laughs> I need a second. I thought I had one. Spring necessities. Maybe you should start doing these so they're like relevant to anything. Yeah. Yours <laughs> <laughs> never are. <laughs> Alright, well in that oh. case I'm gonna go with like I'm gonna say something completely random. Well you have a better chance of getting it than I know, that's what I'm gonna, that's what my point. And I'm gonna uh. say uh, Snickers Nativity. Oh wow. That's actually he's pretty probably, he's probably closer. Right, exactly. Close. I am gonna like, of course. So for uh People who are listening, the pre-show hint. Oh my god! Was that uh, Doge was talking about watching something on uh, YouTube TV? Mm-hmm. And then Red I said, "Yep, Red Spring Training against the Dadges." And then I said, "It's a little bit raunchy." So although they're in opposite <laughs> orders, um, SN stands for Screaming Netflix. Screaming? So, you know, if you uh, look at somebody and you're like, oh, they scream Netflix. Oh. Not streaming, screaming. Because streaming would make too much sense. I mean, yeah. So the raunchy part (laughs) is just somebody screaming. I don't know. Okay. That's brutal, dude. Doge, we might have to have a conversation with the board about you taking these over. I was going to try to work in, like, stripes anew for the Bengals' alleged new jerseys that haven't officially come out but have come out. But No. Listen, for, for people that haven't been listening to this pod for a long time, let me just give you a rundown. So, yeah. it used to be cheap, the Cheap Seats SN Yep. was, was our, our Cheap Seats Network social media. Mm-hmm. And Dill would always say, you know, for for sports network, and then it turned into, oh, what does SN stand for? And it was mm-hmm. kind of a joke. And we're like, oh, I don't know, this and that. And he's like, no, it's sports network. And then he changed it to it actually means something else. Right. And now there's absolutely no rhyme or reason for what the nothing. SN it's for. just a letter that starts with S, or a word that starts with S, and a word that starts with N. And the words don't even go together anymore. At least they did. They kind of did this time, but you're right. They didn't at the same time. <laughs> I, was like, I thought, oh, it's spring training. We're getting back into baseball. Give us the spring necessities. No. Nope. Why would Why would that make too much sense? Look, oh, I'm going to stage a <clears throat> mutiny next time. I'll I'll be honest. I don't have an answer to rebuttal that. Um, but a lot of times it's not planned and it's two random assortment of words that happen to start with those letters that come into my head. 
You said YouTube. I'm TV? so the Steve Nash one, man, is really where we we blew it. It, that it was bugs it. me. Trust me, that one still haunts <laughs> that me to one this is day. Really, where we blew it because that one was perfect. Um, no, but you said <sighs> YouTube TV. I thought Netflix. Like he just got hired by the Nets. And the first word that came to my mind with an S is scream. It's, it's I was like, initials are S N. Steve Nash. <clears throat> So, uh, sometimes they are planned. Other times they just populate in my brain. St. Nick was another one. That was a slam dunk. It's a Christmas episode. It's a steroidical <laughs> fucking whatever. Excuse my language. There have been a... Oh my god, steroidical is an all-timer. God dang. Alright, speaking of all-timers... Great halftime show we have here. That was an all-time halftime. better than the halftime All-Star Game dunk contest. Oh, my gosh. It was. Of which, uh, my we prediction... because we had Anthony the All-Stars Simmons. in the event. <laughs> Who'd you say? Anthony? Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Simons won it, like I said. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> the Nerf dunk was... It was pretty cool. Pretty. Whew. Yeah. If he... <clears throat> If he would have kissed the rim on that one... Yeah, uh, that was lame as shit, but it, I understand. Put him out. Kenny Jett said put a mouth guard in and kiss the rim, and I was like, oh man, that would have been it. Are we uh, Are we done with the coach's halftime speech? Because I, I took a beating over here the last couple minutes. I'm ready for the third quarter. Take it over, Dill. <laughs> You're up. Alright, so not a whole lot different than uh, a nice time with Dill. Sure. I just decided to call it something else because on ice you slide. So I call it sliding in. Okay. So, give you a quick breakdown. It's actually fact or fiction is the game. So, <laughs> I am getting jostled around over here. Um, so, fact or fiction, I come up with statements... They're either fact or fiction. There's a point delegation to each correct answer between the other hosts. Since I know the answers, since I've been in touch with the stats team, uh, I'm, I'm going to refrain from answering myself. Are you guys ready for this? Let's get it going. All right. I got to come back, man. Uh, let's go. Yeah, so currently Doge is winning overall points. You guys did tie last week, which was pretty lame in my mind. But in hockey, you yeah, you, you gave him you gave me the bonus bonus, <clears throat> the sabonis. <laughs> All right, starting it off. Skills challenge. There have been, there have been games delayed or canceled because of rain. Fact. True. Yes. Both say fact. Okay. It is uh, indeed a fact. In 1995, due to heavy rainfall, a river close by to the San Jose Sharks actually flooded the arena. First and only time in NHL history. Wow. So, we are tied one to one. I'm going to keep a live tally. Okay, number two. Pittsburgh used to have a franchise mascot. There was a real mascot. Like a real life penguin? Correct. That would that would make the most sense. 
Yes. Well, you never know. They I guess could, they all mascots are real. I don't but... know if you're trying to trick us with the different former name <clears throat> of Pittsburgh hockey team. Nope. I'm saying true. Um. Yes, I'm saying true. I think that was like something that would bring people to the game. Uh, it is a fact. You're yeah. you guys are both correct. Pete the Penguin. Oh, Pete. Um, they actually uh, had him for a little while. The poor guy ended up getting pneumonia. They sent him back to the zoo to recover, oh. and he died shortly after. Oh. So, sad there. <clears throat> Glad they didn't do it again, I guess. That stinks. Poor one out for Pete. Dude. Yeah, Pete just had no chance, apparently. Um, okay, number three. The pucks are kept in freezers before the game so they know if it's a good puck. Good puck? I'm going fiction here. TJ is correct. No. It is false. It is not because uh, for them to determine if it's a good puck, but it's that way they don't bounce from being uh, warm rubber pieces. So it's one of those true-false that you see on a college exam that the wording matters. I haven't done that yet, but I have oh, to keep you guys on your toes. Man, that would be reviewed with the teacher. You know exactly what they, I'm talking about. They 100%. Keep them in the freezer. They do. But a warm puck would be a bad puck, correct? This is what I'm saying, Doge. No, I, they keep them in the freezer to make sure that they're a good puck? No, not to it's, make sure they don't bounce. Yep. But What makes it being a good warm. puck? I mean... You know, I might give you a half point back, but you know, on the uh, test, that's wrong. I don't know, dude. I wrote that one, and I knew that that would trip one of you guys up because the first two are layups. <clears throat> they are. This is just like a see me after class, Mister Wagner. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Okay. Like, I can't. I can't give you that point in front of the students, but <laughs> I'll give you. This is no. This is. Because then you get the, the percentage back in class. This is going to be like when the refs come out after a game and say, we the final two-minute oh, report. Oh, two-minute report action where it just <laughs> doesn't matter. Right, game, right. So. Your grade's already entered, man. Sorry. That is what yeah. it is. Game Can't do already it. happened. Yep. <clears throat> okay. No, I, I get it, dude. On to number four. TJ in the lead, three to two. TJ's on a freaking heater right now coming out of the gate with a That's trifecta. We, were, we we kept holding on the mic. Doge didn't get hot yet. That's a, I've... <laughs> All right. All all part of my strategy. (laughs) Okay. Mario Lemieux is the only player to score five goals in five ways in a single game. Five. Like in the five holes? Is that what that means? So, he scored a goal, even strength, got one on the power play, another shorthanded, another on a penalty shot, and a final one into an empty net. Those are the five ways you can score. And who did you say? Mario Lemieux is the only player to score five goals in five ways. I'm going true here. It's just a weird, too weird, man. I would have to say fact. I'd be surprised if there were multiple people that did it. And I feel like Lemieux sounds right. 
You guys are both correct. He is the only player to ever do that. And the empty netter was with one second left in the game. Dang. So he was one second away from that never being a stat. That's pretty dope, though. Good for him. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. This is uh, You guys are doing well. Doing well. All right. The home of the Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, is yep. the oldest arena in the NHL. Mm, man, oh man. I think that's... Fiction. I'm going... Isn't that the, like, the newest? Like, I saw... I could be wrong. I don't know. I thought I saw some... Oh, it was the Scotiabank Division. They were sponsoring a division. Yep. Dang it. I'm still saying fiction, but that's what I was referencing. So you guys that's thought it was said fiction? Stadium. That's why I thought it was a stadium name. You guys are catching on to my mm. drifts. Um, it is... Fiction. Mm-hmm. The reason why I couldn't say anything else is because MSG is actually the oldest. Nice. I thought I was. I was like, oh, it should be. And I was like, nope, they don't play at the the Boston Garden anymore. It's the TD, and that's not. Yeah. So, so uh, MSG was 1968. Scotia Bank uh, is 1983, with the uh, third oldest. So the second, I believe, was the uh, Islanders Stadium. I don't know what's going on with their stadium. I know they're having a new park. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like the Belmont Park. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, it was the oldest stadium. Uh, second oldest, excuse me. Okay. So for this season, there are 18 hat tricks uh, so far. How many of them are the like what is it, Connor McDavid, dude? Um, it's just fact or fiction. Then. I know. That's, I'm just trying to say that I know something about hockey. We'll keep flights. I'm going fiction. Um, I'm going true there. We've been lighting it up, scoring some goals. So it is a fact, and in those games, the players' team who uh, has scored that is fourteen two and two. Ooh. Um, I don't think so. I mean, Connor McDavid has two, I believe. Oh, so he probably doesn't have the most, or does he? He, I think there there were a couple players with two. Look at me, does <clears throat> knowing something about hockey? So over here. one, two, three, four, five, six. TG, you haven't missed one yet. I didn't want to say anything. Thanks. Announcer curse. Here we and go. Doge, here we at, go. You're Perfect. at. Uh, Golly, I'm sitting in the dugout all by myself, trying not to talk to anybody. I'm- I'm two back with an asterisk already. Yeah, so I gave you a little bit of a with one player. I tell you what, this feels like the NBA refs when they just how many series a little bit here. How many players have multiple hat tricks? I said one so far. Six. Three. Doge hit it spot on. Gah! Let's go. That should be worth two. I agree. That wasn't a fact or fiction. I totally I agree. That one on the head. That's a freaking bonus, and he nailed it. That's a slam ball. All, right. All right. Well, That's now it's tied. That's a freaking bonus you bonus. Guys, you guys make the rules. Well, I'm trying to offset your announcer curse now. <laughs> Keep my streak Okay. Down. So tied 6-6. Six, six. I'm guaranteed to miss this, dude. I can't believe you said that. The God. most shutouts by a team in a season all time has 22. 
So that is a team not goalie in a season is 22. Sheesh. False. Fiction, yeah. It is fact. God, I freaking knew it, dude. God, And get this. Get this. This happened back from none other because they aren't a part of the episode anymore. Of course. But the Montreal Canadiens in 1928 and 1929 only played 44 games. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they still had 22. Jeez. The most all time. So they basically cut the amount of games in half, but toward the mo- or had the most all-time shutouts in a single God. season. Um, in the modern era, the St. Louis Blues, in 82 games, only has 15. Sheesh. And that's the most in the modern era? Yep. Well, it's seven more. No, I said fiction because I thought it was going to be higher. Yeah. I thought it was going to be lower. That's why I said it. That's like a fourth of the year. Yeah. Right. For shutouts, man. I just like that. It was only half of the. Right. Year I know. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Like, freaking every other game they're shutting them out. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. Did they win that year? Like, I know I need to know. All right, come on now. We'll get the stats team on it. Come on it. Look, I'll. I'll... They won like 20 something championships. Right? Yeah, so they probably like did. 28. I, mean, I can't remember what the fact it's was. It's like, have the Yankees won, or did the Celtics or Lakers win? It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Okay, so in 2014 and 2015, the Boston Bruins won the most faceoffs ever in a single season. Fact or fiction? Unreal. The Bruins won that year. Fact. Uh, I need it again. In 2014 and 2015, the Boston Bruins won the most faceoff. Uh, face-offs ever in a single season. What a crazy stat. Um, I'll route my boys, sure. True. Does what'd you say? I said fact. So you both said fact? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to make sure. Dang. Uh, it is fiction. God. Unbelievable. Uh, I just Dallas gave had up two home runs. Dallas... Um, actually, in that same season, had 2,800 and... Well, excuse me, let's just start over there. 2,804 face-offs uh, face won, which is over 34 a game. My which is, gosh. That's, I feel like that's a lot of face-offs. Yeah. Um, is that over the course of the two years? 2014 and 2015? That's like the season, because it starts like basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. What, dude? That's so many. That's bonkers. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that I was going to get to here. So this could determine if you guys go. That would be super boring to watch. What? All those face-offs. 35 a game or whatever it was. Like, just that would be, like, not. I don't think that. That's just how many they won. That's what I'm saying. So, So like, let's say there are 50 plus. How many are in an average game right now, I guess? Maybe maybe I'm just, like, ignorant to the number. I feel like that would be like they're getting checked up or they're icing or they're doing a lot of penalties. Yeah, like it doesn't have much flow. They're not scoring a lot. There's not Um, a lot of action going on. A team with around 30 or so uh, face-off one is a pretty good number. (laughs) If you're like 30 to 33, that's a pretty good number. Okay. Okay. So, last question here. We are all tied up in the bottom 
or top of the ninth, depending on how you look at it. Six to six here. Which franchise has the best face-off win percentage ever? So I'm not talking overall in their franchise. One season. But one season, which team has the highest season face-off win percentage total? So this isn't even a fact or fiction. We just got a guess for this one, too. This is another one. This is a two-pointer. So this could really help boost your season as far as overall numbers and points for. All right, I've got mine. I do, I as, think, well. I do as well. Go ahead. Right, I think you. I'm going to say the Boston Bruins because I think it's going to be a distractor. I think Dill brought that up. Last question. Okay. Said it was fiction. Bring us back. Who knows? Who knows? Could be. I want to go with the slam dunk Montreal Canadiens because they've just dominated every other category here. <laughs> but this is kind of a solo stat. It's not a team necessarily a team stat. It kind of, I mean, it is, but it's not <clears throat> at the same time. Okay. So I'm going with the Islanders here because I think Gretzky would just be a dominant at this. And I have no basis of knowing that at all. But that's my guess. I will say the comeback is real. Does on the head with the Boston Bruins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I totally threw them in there as a little distraction if you will or a little hint you know i'm trying to help i knew this wasn't going to be easy to guess one of the 30 teams um so i'm kind of pissed because if you want to throw them there i would have just guessed them i'm just like all right i might as well just go with the bruins like i also thought that you might have done that so i was like well this could be a good bonus for both of them to get no um no so boston has three in the top 10 so they're the only team. There you go. I mean, they're in OG six, so it makes with sense. With three, and the Flyers are the only other team with more than one. So, I guess it is more of a team stat, and I'm not correct. Nah, <clears throat> uh, yeah, the Islanders might have been on there. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm just saying, I, like, I would have figured then. Like, I don't know. I just don't know how it goes. I guess. Yeah. Maybe he's not even the guy that would do that. Because I want to get it to him right away, so he can just score. That's that's you know, very that's true. Like I could be <clears throat> totally. My hockey knowledge does not go back that far. I'm yeah. I don't know. Like does Sidney Cross? Like do, who does the one? Who does this, the faceoffs for the Lightning right now? This will help me with this part of it. Uh, like, is it the big old Stamkos? Is it? Is it Cooch? Is it? Uh, no, it's uh, typically it's typically their center. So like <clears throat> somebody who like that's what the center does. Okay. Like, they just face off, and they're out here dishing dimes. Yeah, like they're so maybe that is gaining control of the puck. I don't know what position he even was. So, like for us, at some point it was like Tyler Johnson. Um, <clears throat> I honestly am having a hard time remembering who does them. So okay. I'm a terrible Lightning fan. I do watch every game I can. I mean, I'm sure it changes up, so it's not like... Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a good round, boys. Um, 
you know, I think Doge definitely bonus started bonus. learning from the teacher. You know? Bonus, bonus, bonus. Students always learn how to outwit the professor. I I tried. I mean, I had to bring my paper up to you at the end of class on one of the questions before, but... Freaking teacher's bad over here, dude. I'm really, <clears throat> really impressed with your performance, Doge. Thank you. Thank you. And T for getting six straight. I mean, that was very impressive as well, so... Yeah. The first week was not great. Wayne Gretzky was a center. Okay. So. He could, this could be, my, I mean, my that, thinking could, could be, be correct. Yeah, it could be a stat that he won all of his. I'm just saying, he. that just seems like something, you know. It's just like when you're goaded, like, you're go. Like, I feel like the Sid the Kid just be out here just winning face-offs all day long as well. Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's someone listening who's just like, this guy has no idea what the hell he's talking about at all. I really, if we have people who are huge hockey people that are listening. I'd love to get someone on to just just make me look like a yeah, fool. Yeah, just reach out to us. <laughs> make us all look like ignoramuses. Oh, ice time with Dill and it's just, we're getting a little And then I get iced. Right, yeah. That's a feature segment. So... No, but good stuff, guys. It's it's always fun looking these up and thinking, like, what the hell? like, Or what am I going to look up next? Like, what kind of weird right. crap could I try to find in a somewhat timely manner? Absolutely. Last week it took me a solid two hours to find all the different Dang. facts and shit, so. Got to put some research in, you know? Yeah. Need it. Yeah. Deep. Going deep. <laughs> Fourth quarter time. So speaking of going deep, <laughs> some of these guys will be going deep here in, in the fourth quarter. That will be quarterbacked by our, our guy up in Cleveland there, Mr. Doge. So, Doge, why don't you take it away here? I know we got a little NFL here to close out the pod. This is a segment that we wanted to introduce to you based on the free agency franchise tags. Mm-hmm. We're calling it Bag em or Tag em. Yeah, baby. A lot of franchise tags coming through the NFL newsfeed. Some free agents, surprisingly, still left without a deal. Um, but let me give you a little rundown here. The stats team was doing some work. TJ sent me over some leads. Yay. Um, Yay. So here, here's some franchise tag players from this year. We've got Broncos safety Justin Simmons, mm-hmm. Jets safety Marcus May, the Washington football team guard Brandon Scherf, Bucks receiver Chris Godwin, Jags offensive tackle Cam Robinson, Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams, Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson, Mm -hmm. Panthers tackle Taylor Moten. Is it Moten? M-O-T-O-N. I just want to call him Motown. Yeah, Motown. Give it to Motown. (laughs) Taylor Motown. And then wrapping up that list with Saints safety Marcus Williams. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick as well, there are some also notable free agents that haven't received the tag and are still out there on the market. We've got Trent Williams, tackle for the 49ers, wide receiver Kenny Galladay of the Lions. Smooth Kenny Running G. Running back Aaron Jones, which TJ was texting about earlier. Pretty intriguing that he's still out there. I'm shocked. Shaq Barrett for the Bucks, Bud Dupree for the Steelers, two different outside linebackers still out there. The offensive guard, Joe Tooney. Please, God dang it, Mike Brown, please. <laughs> He's available. Please. Not a please. Not a please. 
Levante David for the Bucks, another linebacker. And some honorable mentions, Will Fuller, Trey Hendrickson, Cam Newton, Jadavian Clowney, James Winston, 30 and 30. And Richard Sherman. Honorable. Honorable mentions, dude. My gosh. Honorable. Some big names out there. Will Fuller is on PEDs, but he got me a fantasy football championship. That's okay. Yeah, he might not be as honorable, but... (laughs) The the not-so-honorable Will Fuller. (laughs) Jeez. So, just a little update. Uh, Levante David did sign with the Bucks today. Two-year, $25 million deal. Thank you, Stats Team. I appreciate you guys keeping keeping us uh, honest there. Good stuff. We'll take Levante David off the list. Yeah, because I was gonna say I'm shocked that both of those guys were not. Yeah, I seeing that I was. I like, guess he wait, wait, wait. Wait. technically wasn't franchise tagged, but they did extend him, which okay. is better than Good. that too. Yep. So. Okay, still some some quality names out there. Yes. Um. Are so we... one thing I wanted to talk about is, what do you think the best value is as far as being able to tag a player? What team got away with the best tag for their team moving forward? And are there players that you feel like should have already been signed or tagged that aren't? Um, T, we'll start with you. Um, okay, so person that I thought might get tagged that was not Carl Lawson and or William Jackson for the Bengals. Neither were tagged. Um, they were allegedly not tagging Carl Lawson to work out a long-term deal with him, so I'm excited to hear that. But shocked that we didn't do any news on that. Bengals didn't do the free agents or the the tag. Usually they do use that. It's a good way for them to keep some of their players around and not pay too much, but you're still making a good payment there. So I was shocked to see that a little bit. Um, the best value. Um, that is a person who is not tagged right now. Um, like that's not on the Bengals. Weirdly, and oh man, this is tough. There's so many good guys. Uh, person I want to go to the Bengals, Joe Joe Thune, but I think Kenny G is really good, and I think he's going to be really good somewhere wherever he goes. And I don't know like what kind of deal he's going to end up getting, but you might be surprised with what Kenny G can do. So he's got some smooth jazz that might be coming somewhere. So. Um, best value for guy tagged. <clears throat> so this is interesting because you only get this guy for the one year, then you got to try to restructure here. So I think the best guy that was tagged or best value is Leonard Williams for the Giants, actually. He was really good for them. I think it gives them another year to evaluate how he looks in their system and how he can, uh, you know, impact the rush. He was pretty good last year. Um... And I think that's like a really good person to evaluate, and they can also try to extend him here this year or maybe tag him again. But I know they got him from the Jets in a trade, and he's worked out pretty well. But maybe they want to try to just test him out one more year here and see if he's worth it, make an investment in, or if they need to cash him out and try to you know start over again, I guess, too. So um, I would say Leonard Williams. There's a lot of big names on this list. There are a lot of good value. So you know it could be any of these other people. Doge, what do you think, man? Well, as far as the, the tag players that I thought would be a good value and it, it's a good time to tag them um, is, is none other than the Buccaneers wide receiver, Chris Godwin. Yeah, that's who I was thinking. I was thinking a lot of star other. receivers, and he was a top five receiver. Um, 
I know, especially two years ago, but last year, obviously, cruising them into the Super Bowl, uh, the huge star talent. Um, you know, and receivers like that are going to fetch a pretty penny from another team. If you have the ability to, off of a Super Bowl franchise tag, a star like that and not have to pay them top dollar right away, I think that's clutch because then you can hold on to those stars, those offensive weapons that you have, and uh, then maybe you can still work on deals with stars like, you know, we were saying um, yep. they actually did wind up, you know, signing their boy um, back, as Dill corrected me before. So, um, you know, that makes sense. Uh, Levante David being signed, you know, you can save that money by franchise tagging Godwin and then turning around and, and making that sign somewhere else. Um, you know, as far as free agents that I feel like should have been signed on already uh, to a team at least, um, I was pretty surprised Aaron Jones wasn't there. Yeah, um, his his cap hit uh, in 2020 was a little over two mil, and um, what he's he's going to be making a lot more money than that. <laughs> so, so um, pretty wild. Um, I maybe the Packers are just in the middle of uh, you know figuring out a contract for him down the road. I feel like that's a weapon you have to keep around Aaron Rodgers to keep him happy. Um, you know, so maybe they're just in the works of figuring that out. But I would have expected a name like Aaron Jones, uh, coming off of a few years like he has had mm-hmm. at the Packers, to be, um, to, you know, to already be signed and taken care of. But uh, yeah, you know, I expected him to already be signed. Joe Tooney, I'm happy to see him not signed. Yes, would love to add him to the Bengals line. Um, but Dill, what what names pop out to you here? Yeah, I like the Chris Godwin. Uh tag as well same with Leonard Williams they both had really mm. good years and Chris Godwin I think just with his hand injury and stuff like that like it wasn't max like he his max potential was not reached last year uh, I think with having another ye- uh, year with Tom Brady having a season under his belt together um, with him I think they're going to be potent this upcoming year full you know off season of training getting him back to you know full health it's going to be huge for them. We already have great weapons, but he's just one more piece that, I mean, he has great hands. Um, so having a hand injury definitely influenced how he performed. But to go with somebody different, I'm not going to go with Allen Robinson because I just don't like that at all. Like, I mean, maybe for them it's fine, but I just... You don't like it? I think it's nice to tag him, but... Yeah, I mean, because like, like as soon as see... they get a good quarterback, like then it's like worth sure. it. So as soon as they do that, that's I... why I think it's worth it to like tag and to see like, hey, what can we do this year to try to bring in a quarterback? And if we can't, now we got to go full reset. Let's add, let Allen Robinson walk. Yeah, it, it's just a little bit of a mess up there in Chi Town with the offense, but yes, there's um... no doubt about that. But what if they trade for Russell Wilson tomorrow, then then it's like, oh man, here yeah. we go. Oh. Good thing the franchise tagged Allen Robinson. That happens. Um, So just to go with somebody different, let's go with, uh, I'm between Scherf and Robinson just because they're both going to be seeing new quarterbacks, I think. Mm -hmm. So protecting them with with an offensive lineman who... You're talking Cam Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Not not Allen Robinson. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Yeah, Allen Robinson were throwing on the line. Now, I think with having... um, Rivera in his second year, uh, Urban Meyer 
in his first year. They're probably going to be looking at quarterbacks now that they've moved on from Haskins, it looks like. And I don't think they're going to be sticking with Henneke or Alex Smith um, in Washington. So Alex Smith is already, yeah. So yeah, that's not. what I'm saying. Like they, They're not going to be having anybody from last year. And I think that being able to protect your rookie quarterback of whoever, like they're going to be starting day one, it looks like. For both teams, yeah. so I think that you know solidifying your line. Well, again, there's apparently some rumors that Alex Smith might go to Jacksonville. Oh, really? Link up with Urban, so maybe he'll start there. Okay. Well, definitely need to protect him. But then, then again, like, who's going to win a quarterback battle? Trevor Lawrence slash Justin Fields slash I guess Zach Wilson. If you really think so, or Alex Smith. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, I would, I would say one of the offensive linemen. Okay. Sure. Honestly, I don't know enough about Motown. <laughs> Motown. Yeah. Taylor Motown. I've heard Taylor. of his first name. I've heard guys named Taylor, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard of Motown before. Um, it's probably Moton, dude. <laughs> We're just calling Mot- him Motown. Moton? 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 <laughs> Maybe we need Mitchie D on the podcast. He's yeah, he's a Panthers guy. We, we oh, should yeah. have asked him. It's true. Um, as far as free agents that have not been tagged, hmm. Aaron, You're not going to go with your guy, uh, Saints, Thomas Morstead there? Punter? I was actually going to go with the Saints with uh, them choosing Marcus Williams over Jameis Winston. Why would they tag Jameis Winston? That's a lot of money for a backup quarterback. I know. Um, Specifically, I think I think it'd been like thirty-eight million bucks or something like that for Jameis. <laughs> like, like no, I know. no, thank I'm, I'm you. Kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe Bud Dupree. He's been solid for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. He just came off a, I think it was ACL injury, right? Yeah, pretty not, early not in the good. year. Uh, I mean, they always get to the quarterback, so that's a piece that. I think they'll be able to replace, but as far as him as a player, what he has done for that team, he's been solid. The A team with Aaron Jones and uh, Aaron yeah, the Rodgers, Aaron, like the Aaron and Aaron show. I'm just shocked. Yeah, maybe they're just reworking it, like Doge said. Yeah, like that's got to be a long term deal they're coming to terms on. Like you, but AJ Dillon, Dillon was nice though too. Yeah, he was. It's like maybe they're just like peace. We're going cheap. Stack a it up. A lot of teams do that too. Is yeah. That, you know, to, to pay or not to pay when it comes to yep. running backs, and you know, it paid dividends for the Titans when they signed Derrick Henry. He had another rushing title, but it won't work for every team. Maybe right. the Packers would rather spend that money elsewhere, right? Like a wide receiver, crazy, right? Uh, no, but Kenny Galladay, I think, would probably be the biggest one that you guys haven't mentioned so far specifically. Oh, T brought him up. Yeah, right. Yeah, I brought up specifically as the guy to. That is would be the best. I thought there were a couple that you mentioned. In the, okay. I said Aaron Jones and then Kenny G. Okay. Well, and I specifically looked, I said, like Teach. I did say Joe come to Bengals, but yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to... Either I'm way, double down Kenny. on Kenny G. He's got yeah. the smooth jazz. I'm, I'm I was going to say, maybe TJ was talking about saxophone player Kenny G. Yeah, that might have... Yeah. Well, he I, didn't specifically yeah. say Holiday. He, and he was not franchise tagged either. Yeah, very true. Yeah, we could be though. We forgot to put that in the fresh first. You figure the Saints might think about it. 
some in-house music. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Right. Just getting roasted at halftime, getting roasted now. Glad I had my fun with you guys in the third quarter. Hey. hey. We have to we have to get you back. Okay. It's all fun and games, though. It's all fun and games. We're just mad that we can't grow a beard like you. Yeah, okay. Well, it's like become such a thing that I like kind of forget I have it at times. <laughs> or that like I used to not have it. Yeah. Like it's it's just one of those things where it's like, huh, I have had it for two and a half years like going on three and i'll see a picture i don't know from last year and i'm like wow i thought it was longer i thought it was this length back then and i'm like no way dude like this thing is has a mind of its own no way it's like dude. a sea serpent <laughs> sure uh yeah I don't, I don't know if i have anything else all right Moving on, boys. Let's get to our buzzer beaters here. Yes, sir. Um, I'll go first here, boys. It was incredibly great to see Brenner actually in Cincinnati, training with the team, uniform on, with the guys. I mean, he looks like he's going to score some freaking goals, dude. My gosh. He looks like he's going to be really, really good. So I'm really excited uh, to see him out there. Excited to see him at the West End. Here, uh, you know, coming probably in May is what it seems like for a home opener. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, he looks really good, so glad to see him actually in training camp and stuff. So, Big Dill, what do you got for us? Yeah, so keeping it in the uh, football realm, since that went so, fu- uh, so well for me sure. a couple minutes ago. Um, something that I didn't bring up during our, our fresh first with Dak Prescott I, I honestly, other than the potential of them having the weakest division in football, I don't even know if they get to the playoffs. The only reason why they would is because they're going to win the division with a bad record against bad opponents, and they're playing those people six times a year. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the um, point. But if they do get to the playoffs, I don't see them winning a playoff game. Like, I, I just don't see it. I think McCarthy you is no faith in Dak. Oh, you're going Mike on this. I, I mean, the whole okay. everything to do with them. I don't trust them. I don't see it, and I think that Mike McCarthy is the third worst coach, third worst, third best coach, if not the worst coach in the division. But I don't know what the Eagles guy is going to do and look like. I don't think he, I don't know. He's got a Super Bowl title. I don't trust him, man. I don't know. That's just my point of view. I don't trust him. He didn't do it as a head coach. So yeah. here's here's some data to help support your theory here briefly, Dylan. Go for it. Who was the lowest seed in the NFC last year? Like further like was it the Bucks, right? No, the uh Bucks for the five seed. So was the Seahawks or is it the Rams? Rams. Okay. Right? They were the I don't know, were there seven seeds? Yeah, they added one, right? They added a, an extra spot. So that's what I'm saying. 
But also in the NFC, Ooh. every team was good. Cardinals. No. Bears. Didn't make it. Bears had the division. No. Was the Bears. No. Bears didn't make it, did they? This is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> We've got our stats team pulling it up right now. Okay, okay. so I know the Bucks were five. It had Washington to be. was it... four. Because we beat Washington at Washington. The Bears were the seven seed. Yeah, because they played, they played the Saints. New Orleans in the Nickelodeon game. Yeah. Yes, Mitchie yeah. Biscuits. He was the... And then it was Rams, the, the Seahawks. MVP, the Nickelodeon MVP. And the Rams... Well, then it was Rams, Tampa Bay... Oh, you're talking First, Rams, Seahawks in the matchup. Sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I, I, I thought you were going up seeds. Okay. Gotcha. So what's your... My point was just going to be that if... I guess it's not as strong now if the Bears are the team that are in, but, you know, if that those teams like the Bucks and the Bears are the wild card teams, like, those are really good teams. Like, that's going to be tough for the Cowboys if they're just going to sneak into the division to win. But I was really going for the... The Washington versus the Bucks matchup deal there. So, yeah, I mean they're they're probably going to be the fourth seed, winning the division. Dude, they looked good with Dak. Though. Like, it, hear me out. Just let me play this a little out for you here. <sighs> Healthy offensive line, guys are coming back. Zach Martin's rallied the boys. They're all one unit. They're like McCarthy. Good. Hold on, I got it. Zeke Elliott, you know, he lays off the parties. He gets he gets to, uh, um, you know, working out a bit more. He he's getting back to eating bowl, big bowls of cereal with his hands in the air, moving that first chain, first down line. Dak slinging the ball out to everybody. C.D. Lamb emerges as a really good wide receiver, another weapon for him. And Mike McCarthy, before every single game, gets on a stage and smashes a watermelon so that way they can win every game. Because when he did that last year, they won every single time. So maybe he's just got to get up there and start smashing watermelons every time. I don't and if he's smashing in... a watermelon every yeah, game and you're going to tell me they're not going to win a playoff match, I just I don't know. But I'm yeah, not, if I'm you're going to put my faith into a a team that only wins because of a watermelon being smashed. Well, they also didn't have Dak. He's so good. But I agree with you. It'll be tough for them to win a playoff game. I think Mike McCarthy has next year to prove that he can do it. And if not, he's going to get... I thought you were going to say he's going to win Coach of the Year. No, no, no. I was like, holy shnikes. No, no, no. No. No, I think that's going to be... And if he does, you hear it here first. Sean McVay, Rams, Stafford. I think that I just I'm gonna keep gassing them up. I think they're gonna. I just I'm gonna keep gassing them up because I want to see Stafford just launch the ball again, and I would like to see what McVeigh's monster brain can do with an arm like that. But yeah. Well, I beat the buzzer. You beat the buzzer. Dogeman, it's your shot. Got, Hold on, I gotta hear what you think about Dak winning a playoff game, Doge. Oh, I think he absolutely could do it with the weapons around him. You get Zach Martin back, like you said, in the offensive line. McCarthy's been there. Um, I think I they think could win one. Good. I don't think they're like gonna be Super Bowl contenders, no. but like they can win a playoff game. No, they're still gonna have to play Tom. They're still gonna have to play well the likes of Russ. Whatever the Saints decide to do, if Drew comes back, they're still going to be a tough team to beat regardless. So, 
Yeah. I could see them winning a playoff game. Me too. Me too. Maybe not next year, but... Well, maybe next year, but... Get out of here. Um... Okay, Doge, give me your buzzer beater. Let's wrap this bad boy up. So we're only about a week and a half out from my 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 new love in sports returning, Formula One racing. Wow, crazy! I was I got super into it during COVID. The Netflix Drive to Survive season three is coming out next week. Dang! Right before, right before the races start back up. Um. I'm into it, man. It's exciting stuff. It's one of the biggest, biggest sports followed all around the world, and uh, I was very skeptical until I started watching that show on Netflix, and then I got really into it. So that's huge. I'll definitely might have to check, it, the race, check that out. The race in Bahrain is coming up in about a about a week and a half now. Well, two weeks really. So well, the good thing is, if we ever get the offer for being a correspondence on an F1 segment, I mean, we have a guy now. Yeah. I'm a car guy, and I have no knowledge of any racing. Dill, you got to watch that show. So you know what's Driving funny? A little quick, wow. little quick uh, tidbit here. It was probably a year and a half ago, two years, and when I was working in the shop, this dude came up to me, and he just talked my ear off about race cars and this and that, and he goes, dude, like, you know, if, if you really like cars... The fastest growing sport in the world is F1. You have to get into it early. It's sick. It's fast paced. And, like, just like the way that the guy was so in my face about it, I'm like, dude, like, if I find my way to stumble upon being interested in it, I will. I like watching videos of the engineering behind the car scene, you know what I mean? Behind the scenes type stuff with the cars. Well, but, you get behind the scenes stuff on the show. That's the cool part about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll have to look into it, Dush. Once I'm done with all 40 seasons of Survivor, I can probably fit that in. My God. <laughs> the politics of the teams and the drivers that they sign is pretty cool, too. Because the drivers are basically just free agents like everybody else. Oh, yeah. They can get signed to a team and sent around. Uh-huh. All the teams have two drivers that they field. They have, like, the two slots. Basically race identical cars so you can really tell who's better. It's sweet. Tag it's him, sweet. You tag him or bag him, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. So what what date is the official race on, or is it like? Um, well, it would be two weeks after seventh, so twenty first. Is that and right? Like, is it like on this? Do you know? Is it like at a certain time? Like, like some of those are on like like in the morning, right? If I'm not mistaken. Some of them are on the morning, yeah, because they travel all around the world, right? So it's really on in the morning because they're usually decent amount ahead of us time-wise but they they do come over to the states they race in dallas for the american grand prix okay that'd be chill oh yeah (laughs) that'd be chill all right well um thank you boys for being on thank everybody for listening and putting up with our shenanigans we appreciate it big deal thank you my guy a lot of shenanigans yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun good stuff uh a lot of fun here said that we had a good show for you and i think we I think we did that uh, yeah, yeah it was episode 80 we had to come out and have some fun a little 80 burger for you a little 80 burger the big 80 doge thank you for, for coming on as well man we appreciate it gentlemen it's a pleasure as always it was great seeing you this past weekend but good to be back on the pod yes absolutely absolutely well 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is The Clubhouse.